So let's go back into some quasi-positive shit, you know? For example, getting new new work in the line of work you're trying to get into, for real. I've spoken about this already, but kind of wanted to dive deeper into it because for the simple reason that up until okay up until I got the call or up until okay up until I got I saw the missed call from the people when I saw that missed call I knew that I met that meant that I got the job but this is the thing nothing about the interview indicated that I would have gotten it um, I think you can get into your own head a bit afterwards you know after the fact you're kind of like did I answer those questions properly or did, not even properly did I answer them in a way that indicates that I'm the quote unquote right person for this particular task and then maybe you say to yourself you know what whatever even if you don't get it at least you're out there interviewing in a conventional setting, right? So there's that. Then there's also the fact that, and without going into too much detail, but obviously we'll get into this. It'll eventually go into more detail because I'll just forget about that whole trying to be on the low thing. You've worked there before, all right? So, You've worked there before and you've dealt with some of the characters and nothing about your interactions with some of them indicates that they either, I don't even want to use the term like because I don't care about that. It's more about they're receptive to you as a a colleague, you know? So to find out like after the fact, two weeks after the fact that, you know, multiple people um, not necessarily went to bat. Well, one person did for sure. But for the fact that people were like, yeah, this this dude is good for this task and this role. Kind of makes you think to yourself, you're constantly, it doesn't matter how old you are or whatever. You're always down yourself. It's like I was saying with that group therapy thing where I kind of sat in and like kind of like dropped experiences post group therapy to the new group and there were people there that were like 60 70 that were like am i always going to be like this and you're like meaning battling their various mental wars and you're like damn this doesn't end for some people it might not end for anybody or me or whoever but fuck where was it going with that God damn it. Okay. So, yeah, the self-doubt. Yeah, you're down yourself for an indefinite period. And it ain't a good way to think. But it's also good to to be able to let go, to be like, okay, there's the self-doubt. But even if this thing doesn't come into fruition, I'm fine with that. I think that's the more important part of it, is being fine with it. If it doesn't manifest because I'm you know rethinking it's like rethinking relationships gone wrong or rethinking 
you know, interactions gone wrong or rethinking things that happened in public where you could have reacted a certain way, but you didn't. Or rethinking fuck-ups in general. It doesn't, it doesn't do anything. You know what I mean? Okay, maybe you gain some insight and you learn from your mistakes and that's one thing, but to just endlessly and like kind of almost like just constantly be rethinking some shit that went down it doesn't matter it's not going to change shit right now is important that's almost that's, that's venturing into the whole quasi-motivational quasi-twinky-dinky um, talk about like be present and so on but oh yeah this is the sorry this is the other thing that I'm that I'm realizing too is that is that um Give me one second here. Fucking lost that train of thought. Anyway, it doesn't matter. The point is, you... Even if you walk in with some mad bravado, you're like, I'm ready. And this is the thing, too. With the, with, the, with these interviews, people are supposed to be neutral, right? Like, you understand it. If you've gone through enough of these things, you realize that they're not supposed to be overly like gung-ho happy at the time. It's supposed to be a neutral process, which is not supposed to really reveal how they view you. Now, maybe some people, maybe in some circumstances that doesn't matter. And they're like transparent from the jump. They're like, okay, you're the, you know, you're the woman or man we want for this task. But usually it's like if they're interviewing mad people, they gotta be neutral, right? I mean, they gotta like they got they gotta they gotta be neutral to everybody as not to create false hope. So I guess that's the that's the positive side of it. If you could call it positive, but it's good to know that. It's good to know that regardless of your own kind of like whether it's borderline insecurities or whether you're just kind of like, oh, I fucked that up. That that's more in your head than it is in reality. Because everything in the world is being held together by spit and glue and <laughs> molasses glue that comes with the pink top and the plastic bottle. Yeah, that's what holds together everything, right? So you deal with it as it's happening, right? I'm gonna drop some some that the great uncle that passed used to tell me. He always used to tell me when I'm bouncing out of his crib to keep the faith. And I suspect now that's because he could tell that like shit was going sideways in my own life, but. But this is the thing. Never, I never overtly asked him for any kind of help, which is I'm happy for. But anyway, what he used to say, he would tell me about when he used to go, when he was teaching in Kenya, when he was a prof in Kenya. And how like, because keep in mind, this is back like kind of like pre-independence of a lot of different countries. He's coming. Oh, I gotta extend this now. Okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna pick this up in another recording. But 
remember, we're talking now about pre-independence, quasi-post-colonial Africa. So a lot of these countries are now becoming independent of their colonial masters. All right. We'll be back. Peace. So he's coming from, and this is what I learned, this is what I've since learned about the dynamic of, you know, West Africa and then East, Eastern Africa and also Southern, is because, because the Europeans are able to kind of entrench themselves more in East Africa, it led to kind of like, to more obvious signs of their influence whereas West Africa not so much but overall there was the influence throughout the continent now he goes to he gets a, a job being a prof of history in Kenya and he's showing up there with none of the kind of like and this is like when I talk about the baggage that, that blacks have because of this long history of you know slavery and you know colonialism and so on there's a certain baggage that 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 exists for all but there's but there's different baggage for say African Americans there's a different baggage for people of the Caribbean there's a different baggage for West Africans there's a different baggage for East Africans and South Africans and this is kind of like at the heart of why people went at Daniel Caesar in a certain way for those of you who follow what's been going on online with Daniel Caesar and yes Jules and Daniel Caesar's comments and people kind of responding like you don't even have you shouldn't even be talking about what's going on I've made, the, I've made this exact argument on this show months ago that you are a black person in Canada with a totally different experience than African Americans. Daniel Caesar, and maybe I should do more research on Daniel Caesar before I talk about him, but he he was kind of speaking, there. people were criticizing him because he was speaking from a place of like not really understanding what that whole black struggle in America is about. And 
I've also sp- spoken about how when they go to these tours of the slave castles in in St. Ghana, and of course there's like a certain number of African Americans there on the tour, and then there's also like local quote-unquote locals there. When you get to the what they call the door the door of no return, which is where they would essentially not even essentially. This is where they sent out slaves onto the ships and then they'd either die in the water or they make it to America. When you get to that place and you hear the African Americans wailing and crying and sobbing and then you see like the almost like no reaction from everybody else that's there. No reaction from the Ghanaians, no reaction from the other kind of like Africans that are there. This doesn't resonate, right? So to them, because that's not part of their history is of the now it's a different it's a different kind of a bad history meaning all the coup d'etats and the civil wars that happened after and in a lot of ways it's almost worse because it's well what, what they call here black on black crime but taken to the nth degree there right so it's civil war quasi genocide full on genocide and that kind of thing Anyway, <laughs> the great uncle goes to Kenya as a West African. Um, he has this multi like West Indian heritage, African Canadian heritage, African heritage. It's kind of like a mix of different, different black experiences. But his general region, there's independence. Europeans are leaving. Obviously, some stay behind, but for the most part, they're leaving these countries to themselves even though this you know the cia would get involved in overthrowing certain people later on across the continent but anyway the point is he goes to 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 kenya and the kenyans are looking at him like who the fuck does this guy think he is he's walking around freely he's speaking to to white people with like as equals he's not he's not like feeling subservient to any of them and he's also got this is my great aunt who died a few years before him. She died probably 2010 or 11. Um, she was white. So he's, he rolls up there with a white wife. He's a prof in the school. And he had a Mercedes. And people were like, not just looking at him sideways, not just questioning him, but they almost had like a disdain. Like, why do you get to live like this? It's kind of like how we would now look at like interracial relationships now. I mean, okay, no, I should I should take that back. Interracial relationships now are not really that uncommon, but imagine imagine um it still happens, right? You see you see a black dude with a white girl, you see a black girl with a white guy and sometimes there's a comment from the sidelines or whatever but anyway the point is he stood out in that way and he pissed people off because he was coming there with a certain amount of freedom wealth position and no baggage and he could freely leave like he wasn't like you know he could leave whenever he wanted to Obviously, he has to fulfill a contract, but he's free to leave and, you know, live his life. Whereas they were kind of like more, at the time, stuck in their reality. And as time has gone on and, you know, 
with the internet and I hate using the with the internet thing, but with the internet and, you know, the world is smaller. We all feed off of each other's culture now. It was different now. But back in the time, it was a, it was a noticeable a noticeable difference in attitudes of say West Africans and then East Africans and then in the in the case of people from the Caribbean they they at least they ran their countries and then African Canadians there's a, it's a smaller number but they're there they're here they've been here hundreds of years and then African Americans so yeah. I don't know why that I originally went into that story, but tying that back to Daniel Caesar, we'll use, we'll use Daniel Caesar as the anchoring, you know, point now. As soon as he said what he said, and as soon as people started to go at him, and I got it straight away, I'm like, yeah, he shouldn't be. We love to say, oh, the black experience, oh, as black people, we're like struggling globally. As black people, you know, our experience, we like to all act as if we're this collective, but we're not, you know? We really aren't. All of those countries in Africa are all artificial uh, borders. In fact, you find one ethnic group, you often find one ethnic group on two sides of the border of of two countries. On the border of two countries, you'll find on either side the same ethnic group because it was just a drawn artificial border so in the same way that Chinese people aren't all the same yeah we think of them like that right we say Chinese people yet anybody who either has gone there or knows somebody who has gone there or knows somebody who's lived there or knows somebody who's Chinese (laughs) will tell you that it's not all the same you know not like like I don't know that's a whole other topic of these fake artificial it's like canadian what does canadian really mean it doesn't mean anything canada is like a country of like seven different countries eight different countries you know but we pretend like we're one the u.s kind of has their has formed their own identity because they've had hundreds more hundreds of more years to do so anyway i'm gonna end this right now because i think this is a good, this is a good place to end this particular topic and those of you not familiar with the Daniel Caesar and more, less so Daniel Caesar, more so Yes Jules, go check out that whole little fiasco that's going on online right now. She's totally wiped her IG now. First she deleted her Twitter, then now she's wiped her IG and like, damn, you got to get off the net. Sometimes getting off the net is the smartest move. You don't say anything stupid. Anyway, peace. <laughs>